Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Will Coman, nope, excuse me, Will Coman, bienvenue, welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. You really gave us some international flair there, Kate. <laughs> well, you know, I'm very tired, and I believe I'm quoting from a song from the musical Cabaret, Dory. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm Dory Shafrir. And we're not experts. No, we're not. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. This is true. And we welcome you. And we would like to remind you to visit our website, Forever 35 Podcast, for links to anything and everything we talk about on the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Forever 35 Pod, Instagram at Forever 35 Podcast. And please do join the Forever 35 Facebook group where the password is serums. And if you'd like to reach us, there is a number where you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text, 781-591-0390. Put it in your phone. 
write it on your hand, tattoo it on your forehead. I don't know. Just just remember our number. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. We also accept voice memos emailed to us. You know, the other day I was like kind of having a bad day, just like a long day. And I was like, you know what would pick me up? I'm going to go look at the Forever 35 voicemail and text messages. Aww. And it was a real pick me up. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. It felt real good. Well, listen, That's hey, so if you nice. like the show, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can tell a friend. You can talk to us on social media. You can do any of those things. So or you can just things. listen. You can just yeah. listen. Just listen. That's also okay. <sighs> Kate. Mm, yes, Tori. I'm I'm ready to get into oh. this, this controversy that you have flagged for us. I, I'm hesitant to even, no, you know what? I'm not hesitant to touch it. Okay. So I did want to mention uh, at the time of this recording that there has been a recent Gwyneth Paltrow controversy in which she filmed some sort of skincare routine video for Vogue. And in the video, she insinuates she says she's not a person who slathers sunscreen all over her body and then she quote dabs it onto the parts that, of her face that get sun in the video it looks like she only wears sunscreen on like her cheekbones and her forehead bone and while because there has been a, a a controversy that has evolved out of this you know there has since been a comment released from goop in which they say that, oh, yes, of course, she uses mineral sunscreen, mineral sunscreen all over her face. But, you know, Caroline Hirons, past, fe- for 30, past Forever 35 guest and all around, I think, really wise to the point person when it comes to skincare. Um, I would I would agree with that assessment. Uh, she went to town and she really called Gwyneth and Vogue out for posting this video, even as Goop has insinuated it was edited and it made it sound like she doesn't wear as much sunscreen as she does, whatever. They were still responsible for airing the video and it's it's misinformation. And one thing that I really appreciated that Caroline said was she was like, she called out like, dermatologists and skincare influencers and she's like please don't don't be afraid to speak out about this just because Gwyneth Paltrow is a powerful person do you have thoughts on the influence of celebrity when it comes to you know it's one thing for like a celebrity to recommend a lipstick but with something like sunscreen that's a preventative measure against skin cancer like period yeah I think that what she said was totally foolish and she should be more cognizant of it. I don't know. It, it's very confusing to me. Well, I I should mention that I have actually started using a new face sunscreen that I am very into. And I feel like it's a very timely time to mention it. Yes, please. Proceed. is only dabbing. Okay, well, I finally took the plunge for the Alta MD. Okay, and you like I it. I love it. It's great. I'm using their Broad Spectrum SPF 46. It's really lightweight. It feels really nice. I'm I'm into it. And Elta MD is kind of like, not a cult fave, but it's like, you know, 
maybe the gold standard for a lot of people of sunscreen? You know, I tried it a few years ago. Didn't love it, but maybe I will try it. Maybe I'll give it another shot. I mean, look, everyone, everyone toots their own horn. That's not a saying, but it could be when it comes to this. I will say, though, I was we were in the sun a lot uh, on a recent weekend and I had it with me and my kids got really into it. And I was like, oh, I don't want them using my fancy sunscreen. Like, go get the Target sunscreen that we all use. Like, get out of here. You don't get mm-hmm. the fancy stuff. And they were like, and they kept calling it fancy sunscreen. Oh, my God. I know. But they were using it like and it's they sunscreen is such a annoyance to children because it's so sticky and you have to put it everywhere and it feels so weird like they i don't know a child who enjoys putting it on especially here in california we put it on constantly so they were really enjoying the elta md but i was like "Mm -mm, interesting sorry Sorry, young folk yeah henry was allergic to the first sunscreen i tried on him and but now knock on wood um the think baby seems to work for him and then this afternoon i put um blue lizard on him oh well you know we need to do a sunscreen update because a lot of people did weigh in on sunscreen for when you're playing tennis and i don't believe we've given a uh an update on that i mean i can give one well i, I mean I like gave this... listener recommendations oh, listener recommendations yes. yes 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 okay let us compile them and we will get back to all yes. of you although i will say i do recall from like perusing some of the messages that my recommendation of Neutrogena was echoed by many. Mm. Mm-hmm. But you used a blue lizard. Um, I've been using Think Sport. Okay. For your tennis playing. For my tennis playing. And then actually a listener suggested that I use a visor instead of a hat because yes. hats trap more heat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually had a visor. So I've been wearing the visor and then spraying Neutrogena Sport sunscreen on the top of my head so I don't get sunburn on the top of my head. Did you buy a tennis skirt? Yes, I did. Okay. Can you take a picture of your full outfit? I'm dying to see it. Like visor, (gasps) skirt. Are you in tennis whites? No, I'm not in whites. What color is your skirt? Wait, I need to know everything. What color is your skirt? It's navy blue. Okay. Okay. And you know what? I actually really like working out in a skirt. Ooh. It's very airy. Who makes your tennis skirt? Nike. Ooh, look I at bought you. it, and I actually, I bought it secondhand. Ooh. I bought it off someone who um, was selling their tennis skirt. I'm like, all right, I'll buy your tennis skirt. Maria Sharapova? Serena Williams. Serena Williams. Okay, I was yep. just wondering which of our mm-hmm. tennis playing friends yep. you bought it from. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I would love to see your full outfit just for few, just out of curiosity. Okay, is that weird? I don't like. I don't like love how I look in the outfit. I bet you so, look so cute. No, oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't think I do. It's very like practical. I well, think that sounds like you. I can see that. Speaking I'm not, of practical, I'm not in love with the shirt that I'm wearing. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the lookout for a different shirt. But that is neither here nor there. Anyway, um, I just want to catch everyone up. I mean, this is really fascinating stuff, but I got caught up on a lot of life checklist things this week. Just wanted to share that. I'm honestly envious of you, of how much you got done. Because it's all the stuff that like you put off for months. 
Yes. Yes, exactly. So we finally like signed our will and trust documents. So like, if God forbid we both die, we have like a plan for Henry and, Mm. you know, just like all that stuff that you're like, oh, I know I should do this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So we, we actually got it done. And I'm just feeling like so relieved about that. I also, you know, part of my like whole, I need to be like, now that I'm a mom, I, I like, there's even more reason for me to be a grown up because if like something happens to me, there is a small helpless child who <laughs> is like going to need things. Um, so I finally got life insurance, but I think I talked about it on this pod. Did I talk about it on this podcast? Yes, because yes, I showed you, you my bruise, right? Mm-hmm. So the first blood draw attempt was a disaster. And then I finally made another appointment at a quest because I was like, well, I'll just go somewhere where they take people's blood all day. They will probably be better than these other people. But that was also a disaster. They like didn't want to only do my blood draw. They wanted to do the whole like life insurance exam. So I left. I left. I was like, I can't. I, I was like, I have to leave. Um. And then I called the, the the thing again, and they were like, we can send someone back to your house tomorrow. And I was like, okay, it has to be a different person. They were like, yes, 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 of course. Oh, okay. And so she came. She was 45 minutes late. And then this is she, almost didn't get, she almost didn't get my blood. She couldn't find a vein. It, oh like, it was really stressful but then she finally did and it's done anyway sorry that was like a whole long thing and i'm like probably kind of an asshole but i just i don't know i was really just like done with this whole situation so anyway that is taken care of and unless something surprising shows up that should all be taken care of like fully fully in the next couple of weeks. All right. I made appointments for the dentist and the dermatologist. Two things I hate doing. I'm going back to my old dentist and I'm going to a new dermatologist. Okay. Okay. You're doing your skin check. Doing my skin check. Good. Um, good. And I started my piano lessons. (gasps) How was it? It was great. Oh, that's a big deal. Yeah, it was really great. So, you know. You weren't nervous? Still... No, no, oh. I wasn't because she had she had sent me some sheet music that we were going to like, that I was going to play during the lesson. Okay. And it was like very easy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this will be fine. Um, but we had an interesting conversation because I was like, you know, I haven't taken lessons since I was like 13 or something. And I, when I got this piano a couple of years ago, I had played for a little bit and it, it was in, like, I definitely wasn't as good as I was after, you know, when I quit, but like a lot of it was like still there, which is so weird. You know what I mean? Like the stuff that we retain, that's just kind of like floating around in our brains. Yeah, that you don't even realize. You don't even realize. Uh-huh. So it's kind of amazing. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, it's amazing that it's still there. And then it's also amazing, like, we don't access it for so long. Like, you could have touched a piano at any time and just started jamming. Well, we actually talked about this. I am not a jammer. Wait a second. <laughs> what are you? Like, a, a tapper? What is the no, no. tinkler? Like, I can't, like, I, I don't just, like, sit down on the piano and, like, play. Like, I, I need to be, like, reading music. Got it. Got it. Got it. You're not, like, Edward Cullen in Twilight, who makes up lullabies. No, no, I'm not a songwriter. That's not the goal here. Um, so anyway, that's and we'll get to we'll get to more piano stuff after our interview with Dr. Alex Anderson. Oh, baby, uh, Dr. Alex Anderson, a queen. I mean, a true queen. Look, she gives us the rundown on what it's been like. She's an anesthesiologist working with COVID patients on the front lines, trying to have self-care through all of that. She talks about... Well, she's She she mostly does transplants. Her life is intense, man. It is. I'm just sitting over here gabbing into a microphone all day. <laughs> and she's like literally saving lives. Yeah, literally. And going gray gracefully in the process. She great. She did her. She let her gray grow out, and it and it looks amazing. And it was a whole thing. She tells yeah. us all about it. We just talk, we cover all the all the topics. We do. So please enjoy this interview. We will be right back with Alex Anderson. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get oh, into okay, it. Do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. That's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have 
put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like, get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it could like, be. Yes. Also, like, summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college, so this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, 
even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with glorious Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Well, we're very excited about our guest today because not only is she an exciting person to interview, but she's a friend, a real life friend. It's Dr. Alexandra Anderson, everyone. Hello, doctor. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Okay, I guess I'm going to call you Dr. Anderson, but I also want to just call you Alex or Alexandra. But let me let me read. Just say Alex. Okay, thank you. Let me read your (laughs) uncomfortable, your fancy, your very fancy professional bio. Alexandra Anderson, MD, is an assistant professor in anesthesia and perioperative medicine in Minnesota. She completed medical school at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, anesthesia residency at UCSF after switching over from surgery, and a clinical fellowship in liver transplantation anesthesia at UCLA. And after about six years on the liver transplant anesthesia team at Cedars-Sinai in LA, she returned home to academic anesthesia at UCSF. She was then recruited by a program in Minnesota for their solid organ transplant anesthesia team. She also serves as an, as an associate program director for the anesthesia residency and rotation director for the resident liver transplant anesthesia rotation. Okay. And then there are a lot of things that you do that I can't pronounce, but you are like a liver expert. (laughs) With anesthesia. With anesthesia. And we should note that you also uh, live with your husband and your two young boys and you enjoy Peloton, Nintendo, and you like winter, which is bonkers to me, but I will will accept (laughs) it and honor you. But wow. It's so great. I love snow. I love being cold. I always have. So it works. Okay, fair. Uh, well, we're <laughs> we're so excited to have you on Fiverr 35. This has been a long time coming because what listeners might not know is that you are also like a skincare, hair care product. I don't like the word junkie, but let's say fan. Aficionado. Aficionado. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. But let's, let's first start... Um, with a self-care practice. And, you know, we, we did an episode with essential workers talking about self-care during the pandemic. So I'd love, I think we'd love to hear about your self-care as a medical professional during this time. Do you have a practice that you're able to go to? Does it even, does it even exist for you right now? Not really. It's kind of my lifelong goal to actually 
say that I practice self-care, but I, but when I think about it, I do. Um, and, and it looks a little different in the pandemic, probably. Um, I mean, definitely, but I would say my constant self-care, um, is that I wake up really, really, really early. Um, because part of my whole being is I can't feel rushed in the morning. Um, I need that time. And also it's the only time of day that I have alone and don't have people asking things of me. So when my now six-year-old was going through a sleep thing and waking up at 4.30 or 5 with me, that that really encroached oh. on my well-being. As much as I love him, it was a struggle. Um, and that was in the pandemic, I think, because the anxiety was trickling down to him. But I, but I like getting up really early, having that quiet time, um, listening to a podcast, really taking my time, getting ready for work, drinking my coffee, not feeling rushed. And I also have always practiced visualization. So it's a time that I can kind of picture how my day is going to go. I know what my cases are and, and I can picture you know, the pre-op, the intra-op, the post-op, and, and it just helps me to kind of center at that time of day. Um, and then during the pandemic, that changed a little. Um, I incorporated candles <laughs> because oh. um, it, it was my quick, you know, they had us checking our temperature, but it was my also... Test of sense of smell. So every day I have a candle next to my bed, I sniff oh, it. Wow. Then I would go light a candle and be like, okay, I can still smell. That's a great sign. Um, so candles, that, that's kind of stayed. Um, and then just drinking my coffee and having that quiet, listening to a podcast or some music in the car. Um, I have, I, on specific days when I know what I'm doing, um, is a little more high intensity. I'll listen to like very specific music to get pumped up for it. Like and what? then, uh, well, it depends. Some days it's Beastie Boys. Um, some days it's Billie Eilish lately. That's very new in the rotation. And then a lot of Lord, um, the mm. green light mm. and the Louvre mm -hmm. song. I get really pumped up too. And then sometimes it's Led Zeppelin or Nirvana. So I just don't know where it's going to land. Like yesterday it ended up being, 90s hip hop and this is like before so, if you're doing a procedure on someone or like you know you have something big in the day like is it mm -hmm, a medical related okay and so like i'm yeah. just curious like if i was your patient yeah. and you were going to be doing anesthesia on me <laughs> like it would it's kind of fun yeah. to know like five hours before you were getting amped up with the beastie boys right yeah D yeah depending on the mood or or okay. it was Led Zeppelin or but yeah, it just sort of gets me in like the right frame of mind gets me in the mood. Um, the other morning, I, our, our friend Alex just um, like, collaborated on this new song. And I was like, Oh, I'm listening to that tomorrow morning to get ready for work. Like that's gonna put me right in the mood. So it, it just depends. But it, but I really like that as a part of my morning um, with the coffee. And that's kind of it for my self care. That's, that's really my moment. And if I miss the morning, I I can't remember the last time I did. I mean, it was when my son was waking up early and that was just, I, I had to just embrace how he made me laugh and the random conversations we had, but it sort of took away like the one cone of silence of my day. Yeah. Do you have a preferred candle? I know you wear a Jo Malone scent. Are you also a Jo Malone candle oh, you're person? so funny. I don't have any Jo Malone candles. I love the, um, it's the, the Larchmont Farmer's Market had this, um, these soy candles and yes, I used to call it the Larchmont soy candles. candles. Yes, yes. <laughs> and yes. now they're 14 and I still order them. It's market 
scent candle company. I get, but they're available online and I order them in bulk and I give them as gifts. Like I have one actually in my office as a potential gift or oh, scent test. This is current. So funny. Um, so yeah, they're well known to Los Angelinos. Um, <laughs> and then I also love, this is new to the game, but my friend, um, Dr. Tiffany Moon has candles that are all named after medications we use in the anesthesia. And they're all really delicious oh and fun gosh. smelling and so cute. And she's just like the like most glorious human and all proceeds go to a um, community she donates to called the family house um, supporting survivors of domestic abuse. So I really like getting her candles and then they do like my little smell check with them and they look really cute in my office because they're all anesthesia related. So okay, that's adorable. Okay, so, yeah. I so love this her. is your delightful morning routine. And yeah. I, I preface this question by saying, I know there is no typical day, but what is a typical day in the life of you, an anesthesiologist? Oh, it it's definitely typical. Um, oh, okay, but then great. <laughs> you know, and I've I've designed it to have it be typical, but um, not typical. If that makes sense, like I I know mm-hmm. about myself, I could never have a desk job. I can't sit still. I need to be like constantly stimulated and constantly have a little bit of adrenaline going. Um, but I need schedule and pattern. So, you know, I get up at the exact same time every day. I go to one of two locations every day. I know exactly what the ORs, the equipment, everything will look like. But then every case, you just kind of, you know, there are patterns, but everything has its nuances. And to really, really be excellent at what we do and what I tell the learners is it's doing every little thing perfectly for that patient and that situation. And so it's so in you know, it's building on all the little things. You can do a, an anesthetic and get through a day well by following, you know, the quote unquote, like recipes and just doing things right. But then the attention to detail and doing all the little nuances perfectly is I think what kind of elevates things. And that's what I really enjoy about it. So I never, there's enough unpredictability built into my day and enough running around. And, you know, you never know what's going to happen pre-op, intra-op, post-op, all the phone calls you're getting. And it's just constant stimulation all day. Um, I generally know when I'm going to go home more so in my current practice than I ever did before. And that's nice. I know I'm going to be home either before six or way, way after. And that's great. but it's nice. I I love what what I do and um really as as time goes by, the medicine's always interesting and I love it, but you know, this year more than ever, it's the people um and the teams and the patients and that's what adds the element of creativity and surprise that I need every day to be inspired and this year delivered. <laughs> yeah, to, to say <laughs> <laughs> the absolute least. Um, what it, what has been the most challenging aspect of of being a healthcare worker during this pandemic? Oh, or for you specifically, of course. I know you can't speak for every healthcare worker. Totally. Yeah, I would. I would never want to do that. But I think you know we all love what we do. We're all generally the personality type that runs to the fire and wants to help. And we all enjoy being of service. So something like this is like, yes, let's do this. And we're excited about it. And we know how to do it. And we know how to organize and and feel safe. But this year took that away. It took away that feeling Mm -hmm. of safety. It took away the feeling of um, 
predictability or control that we normally have. Um, and it took away the feeling of confidence that we'd be able to do what we know how to do. So it's sort of like you're looking at this thing coming, this tidal wave, and you're saying, okay, I know how to do what needs to be done. It's the same physiology. You know, organ systems get sick, people get sick, and we know how to treat all that, but we don't know how to deal with the workflow, the volume, the unpredictable nature of the course of this illness. And and I think that's what was truly overwhelming and frustrating is not knowing if we would be able to do what we know how to do. Um, and, and just true hardcore fear. I've never felt yeah. fear at, at work before. Um, anxiety, feeling, you know, when, when, when you're having a, a tough case or a complication or a patient's not doing well, um, one of my attendings once said the only way to describe it to people who don't do it is it really to people who have kids? And it's to say that it's, it's that moment where you lose sight of your child in a crowd or a grocery store oh. and that like pit in the stomach. And that's what we feel when things aren't going well with a patient. And so it's kind of that feeling for a year of like, we don't know if we can do this. And seeing the the epicenters pop up around the country and be like, oh my gosh, they were overwhelmed too. Oh my gosh, they were over. Oh, they ran out of gear or, oh, this is how our supply chain is looking. And then just the constant changing of information and protocols and just having to be like, okay, I have to check my email or you know, these bulletins every every single night to know exactly what we're doing, or we'd get updates on numbers. And it's just that that fear was really, really new. And, and, you know, it's like we're always in a, uh, an adrenaline state and, and worrying about things, but it's never been with that degree of personal fear for, for myself or my family or my patients or just everybody yeah. in the whole world. Um, so that, that was, ha, is unpleasant. Um, and it's gotten a lot better. I'm so grateful. Like yesterday, um, going to see a patient there were two visitors with them and I almost cried I was so happy because it was just really really awful in the beginning when patients couldn't have visitors I remember we brought a patient in for a liver transplant and it was it, someone asked the normal question like who's here with you today who's waiting for you today I was like, well no one oh. you know and we were all like uh um, and then the patients who had to be delayed for surgery I think there's this misconception of elective surgery when you are ready to go under the knife and under anesthesia for anything at that point there are very few things outside of like cosmetic surgery that are elective everything if it's not a medical emergency it's a psychological emergency having to tell patients with a diagnosis of cancer that their surgery is delayed because they aren't going to die within three weeks from their disease was just devastating and and hearing about all of that was truly awful just hearing the stories from the surgeons who had to cancel patients in clinic mm. and then the patients who we did care for just you know that extra layer of being so grateful to even be cared for was just um and it continues to be really really emotional um and then i think the other aspect is we're very very used to stress and emotions and um compartmentalizing them and controlling things. And I, and I do really well with these stresses typically, but there's one um, medical student who I've connected with on Twitter who said it so well, and it's just, we've run out of compartments for compartmentalizing. Mm. And so now we're all just like, uh. <laughs> 
because uh, it's your family's being affected now and you and your patients and your colleagues. And Did you have someone who you could kind of lean on for support or I guess, do you have someone? Um, yes. Yeah, for sure. I think one connection has been so important this year and it's always people in medicine who understand each other. So I, I need that. But then I need people who understand me. So it's you mm-hmm. have to go to different different people for different things. Um, but, you know, talking with my my good friends over FaceTime or text or phone is always helpful. Um, my family, my husband are obviously very helpful. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of crying mm-hmm. <laughs> that that didn't happen before. Yeah. Do you feel yeah. has has getting vaccinated and just that slight shift in things? Yes. Provided big, some big relief. Shift. Big shift. Um, it took that edge off of fear. Yeah. Um, you know, it and and things did get better over the course of the year because you kind of get reinforced by not getting sick. You know what you're doing is working. Um, you right. know that you're doing the right things. And granted, that could, you know, totally collapse at any moment but but it did over the course of time i got more confident like okay i i am washing my hands enough i am showering enough times a day like i used to shower at work then when i got home again and then it you know and i was doing all this weird stuff and had like bloody hands and and but you know that kind of over the course of time got got better got easier but i think i have felt a difference being vaccinated um just that I'm not going to feel that deep, deep anxiety after I care for a patient with a COVID diagnosis. Um, I'm like, you know what? I'm happy to do this. And and I did feel that with, with PPE as well, but, but it has certainly taken the edge off or taken the edge off of even like walking into the hospital. If I forgot my safety goggles, I'll, I'll like, I'm probably good. <laughs> I was just wondering what made you want to become an anesthesiologist and what advice would you give someone who wants to pursue a career in anesthesiology? Ooh, well, I would just say do it because we're so fun. Um, but I didn't want to be I didn't want to be a doctor. <laughs> so, I've had a little bit of a weird pathway. Um, I didn't really want to be a doctor. I wanted to be like a snowboarder, graphic designer, writer. But I was in this program out of high school that because of my GPA, they put me into this college program where you go to med school if you get a certain GPA and fulfill the requirements, which is like, cool. If you had someone who wanted to do medicine and knew that when they were 17. Um, Right. (laughs) But for me, it felt a bit like an arranged marriage. And some of those end up amazing. And mine did eventually. Um, You know, many do. But uh, I... I didn't initially, it wasn't drawn to the career. And um, in college, I sort of dabbled around and thought, oh, maybe I should do like communications classes and journalism classes. And I'm, I'm not good at that stuff. I'm just not. I'm really, really good at science and it comes really easily. And I'm really not good at science. So it too. takes all kinds. <laughs> I couldn't, if, if you asked me to write something interesting, I would have a panic attack for f- five days and I would turn it in after working so hard on it and it would be like, still not good but but for whatever reason science came very easily um and i have fun doing it but then i felt this personality clash with like typical scientists so Mm. i think that's been 
you know, as I get older, what my real contribution is, is maybe just looking a little different in science. Um, you know, I remember in college, someone saying like, well, you know, you should really get glasses if you want to be taken seriously or, you know, just things like that. Or, you know, oh, that's not very professional if you talk about anxiety or depression or whatever. And it's like, really? I'm pretty sure it's professional if we know that you know, we're struggling and get help for it. I think that's probably the definition of professional. Um, so I think that's been a real strength, you know, that all the things that made me think I wasn't suited to medicine made me a lot more suited to it. So that would be my advice is if you think you don't look like a doctor or act like a doctor, you definitely do. And you're probably more needed in, in the space or, you know, or a nurse or anyone in healthcare. Like we are, I, I was afraid I would be joining like all nerds, but then you <laughs> learn that nerds are very cool and the quote unquote nerds you were worried about are everywhere. There are going to be people in any field that you're not into. There's no one, you know, cool group that's better or makes you a better person. Um, and then I started out in surgery because that's what I really, really loved. I love being in the OR. And then I learned that um, someone put it really well. If you love the OR more than anywhere in the hospital, you should be an anesthesiologist. If you love the OR more than anywhere in the world, you should be a surgeon. Ah. And I'm, I'm probably at like the hospital level. So what, what good... do you like? What do you like about the ER? Is it just like the rush and the immediacy and the like the like heightened level of what you're doing? Yes, I love okay. um, like when we are in the operating room, we are focused on one thing, and that is service to this patient and in making their outcome as best as it can possibly be, make their day a horrible day as easy as it can possibly be. Like I like to say to patients, this is the biggest event of your life. And I know that, or, you know, one of the mm -hmm. biggest events you could go through, but for me, it's a Tuesday. Wow. And I want you to know that. And I want you to know, I love what I do. And I'm really happy to be here. And thank you for letting me do this. Because mm -hmm. I do, I love it. And I, I think it's like maybe a little jarring for people to hear, like I say that to families before a liver transplant, I say, I just want you to know this is my favorite thing to do in the world. And they're like, wow, nerd. But, you know, <laughs> but like, it's a great, it's a great thing to be a nerd about. And I love our teams. I love the surgeons. I love the scrub techs. I love the circulating nurses. I love the CRNAs that I work with. And I love the patients and I love the ICU. And I just love that we can do something that's essentially magic. I mean, it, liver transplant, it's magic. I will say um, anesthesia, I, I do like because there is a little bit of magic and hand waving to it. Like we don't exactly know how the, how exactly the drugs interact with the brain. Like we kind of know, but there is this point where it's like, and then it just puts you to sleep. <laughs> and you, you, I have people ask me like, well, I <laughs> I had a patient ask me once, where does, where does my soul go or my personality? Whoa. And I was like, whoa, oh my God. I don't know, but I hope somewhere awesome. And like, please report back. And I, wow. I just love stuff like that. I think I said this earlier, I, the science is super interesting. Like I love this science and, um, you know, evidence-based medicine and practice improvement behind anesthesia and safety measures. But what I've really come to love over the gosh, 11 year, no more, wait, 15 years that I've been doing this is um, 
the people like going into a room and it's again like a very intense day for this person it's my tuesday and i probably just had a ton of coffee and listened to like billy eilish <laughs> and then i have to quickly be like what does this person need from me right now how do i need to act because it's their first time meeting me and how do i earn their confidence make them feel good um make them feel uh at ease the best I can. And sometimes that's not possible because it's more often the beyond. It's not the surgery people are nervous about or the anesthesia per se. So me saying, oh, it'll be okay. You'll get there. That still doesn't tell them what their biopsy result's going to be. It doesn't tell them if they're going to have a colostomy or not. It doesn't tell them how their recovery is going to be or what their family is going to have to do to help them through the surgery. So, so I just say, you know, this is a big step, big journey. Thank you for coming here. We're going to make today good, as good as possible. Um, and I think it's important to, to some people need humor. Some people need just utter seriousness. Some people need some emotion and coming in and quickly trying to size up what they need me to give. Um, I really, really enjoy. And, you know, sometimes you miss the mark. Um, <laughs> but I, I <laughs> it's so it's just I'm. it's so funny for me to listen to you say this because there was a period of like, three years where I, I got a lot of anesthesia because I was doing yeah. egg retrievals yeah. and I had to have uh, a surgical hist uh, hysteroscopy and you know, oh. just, I then, you know, my epidural. And so I was, I was, I encountered a lot of anesthesiologists and I'm just yes. kind of like replaying all the experiences I had. And like, it's like a lot of them are very jocular. <laughs> <laughs> we love what we do. Yeah. So you have to sometimes like tone it down, tone it down. Like, <laughs> like, um, like they were most like I would say most of them were very friendly, very nice. <laughs> like did like yeah, they were there to like put me at ease. But no, I really do like connecting with people and I think there's this um like what do you call it stereotype of that anesthesia it aren't people people and that we like to just oh, knock people out and like you know, well, that oh, has not been my experience. No, so they, like we really like that. people, yeah. and it doesn't stop with the patient because then we really, uh, I feel, um, you know, some may argue, <laughs> but we sort of um, help set the temperature of the room, um, literally and figuratively. Mm. Like we, if things are tense and going on, you know, I know what I need to tell my surgeons to be like, hey, you know, we've got this up here. I'm doing this. So I know what to communicate to them to kind of help bring down their anxiety if they're feeling it. And I know how to read them. Um, and that's why I love doing transplant is we all know each other so well and we work in these mm -hmm. teams. And so I know exactly how they want me to communicate with them and how they communicate with me. And and I really do feel uh, ownership of, of that, of setting the mood of the room and trying to, you know, keep things even for everybody. And not that it's like this chaotic environment. It's actually very, very smooth and, and nice. But, you know, I, I really do enjoy the people aspect. Okay, so let's take a pause and we will be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because, look, as I'm learning, in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay, I know. visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. 
Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Okay, here we are. How how do you then care for yourself and it sounds like your team if things don't go as planned or things or something happens to the patient or things go poorly or or it's more stressful like mm-hmm. it, ha, is that a learned thing to begin to kind of know how to handle those moments or does that never get easy it never, never gets, yeah no not easy but you know what i mean like yeah. caring for yourself I, in that moment right you i think over time you kind of know what you have to do and i think we get better at reaching out for help or actually sometimes worse at it. That's, that's worrisome. Mm. But um, I think we all know what we need to do for each other. You talk to your colleagues. A lot of it is um, telling the story over and over and over again um, to someone who will listen and someone who validates and someone who retells and we analyze everything we do when it's a truly adverse, unexpected outcome. There's um, a support, there are support processes, but then there's also event reviews. And I actually participate in those, you know, looking at what could have done better each piece. Um, but it, 
you know, culturally, I've always found it to be a very positive experience. There's, there shouldn't be when it's done well, finger pointing or blaming, or, mm. you know, it's this concept of a, a team and like the Swiss cheese model, you identify every hole in the cheese that something went through to, to get past. Um, and you just look at the whole process, what led to this bad event. Um, it takes a long time. It's, it's like any, uh, bad thing in life it's time and so when i you know knock on wood i've i've been you know having a good 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 run streak um but you know bad things can happen at any moment that are entirely outside of your control and i almost think it it's it's terrible when something is in your control obviously but that's a different grieving process than when something's outside your control because you can always beat yourself up and think of what you've done and what you need to do differently and learn from it. But when it's out of your control, you just get really traumatized and afraid. And we don't like feeling afraid in, in the yeah. non-controlled way. And so it's just time. And um, yeah, and then unfortunately, I think for a lot of us, for, for me, if I do have a bad outcome, then it will, you know, trigger my hit parade of like mm-hmm. other bad time. So it sort of, you know, makes you remember everything. And um, there have certainly been times that I did not feel I could do this, but I've been really, really lucky to have good support. Like I remember I had one um, just horrific thing happen and, and I was ready to leave medicine because of it. Um, And I was five months pregnant at the time. So it was like a little extra emotional Mm -hmm. and it was so weird. It was like, you know how we don't really call each other anymore. <laughs> I, yeah. I called a friend and I, it, and it's not a friend in medicine. I just called and I was crying and, and she was so amazing and so helpful. And she wrote me a letter in the mail and oh. it, it came to my house like a few days later, just saying how, you know, lucky patients are to have me care and have me as their doctor. And, <sighs> you know, it's things like that where you don't know that's what you need. And I don't even know if, how she knew that's what I needed. But it, I mean, that was like, I tell her sometimes, yeah, I think you saved my career. You saved me from doing something really rash. Um, wow. So, that's what a great friend. Yeah. And, you know, I think wow. there's this, and I think a lot of people are really steeled to, to bad things happening. And I hope I never become that way. You know, I I always feel ownership and responsibility, and I like being sensitive. Um, but I do think there needs to be a little more space for healthcare workers having emotions, and I think we learned that this year. Mm. Like, we're all freaking out here, yeah. and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, um, we're people. Everyone in healthcare is a person. You know, the abuse that people put nurses through, like yelling at their. I mean, these are just people who are humans who want to help you, and now they're afraid while they do it. It's, I, I just, it's tough. I mean, really any line of work, you know, we just sh- should appreciate everybody. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I want to switch gears a little bit because okay. you very kindly provided us with your entire skincare regimen. And well, that was what the list, it, the instructions for being a guest said I should. Well, yeah. So I, I mean, tried to do you, all the assignment. You bet. <laughs> and I was like, like a you doctor. nailed it. You know, it's like several days before the podcast. And I was like, I am so late. I'm so sorry. Um, first of all, it's okay. We would love to hear all your skincare prod recs because you're someone I've actually learned a lot about skincare from. And then if we could discuss also your process going gray, because oh, you yeah. 
grew out your natural hair color. I mean, you grew out your dyed hair to allow your full grayness to emerge. And that has been a hot topic with listeners. So if we could end on... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So let's start start with your skincare routine. If you have any faves you just want to share, break down with us, especially as like a busy person working in an intense environment. For sure. And now we've got like mask need to to contend with. Um, Well, I did not get hip to skincare until I was like probably towards the end of residency, like end of my 20s when I learned that you shouldn't just scrape your face with proactive for pimples. And like, (laughs) that's the first time I used moisturizer, which was like, oh, I've really been doing this wrong. Um, And I think also just taking better care of myself, like sleeping and eating right and hydrating. That's a constant thing. But then I started really dabbling in skin, like getting facials and what different serums and when when did it kind of burst when we were all doing like a million steps to skincare was that 20 2015 I was gonna say yeah Yeah. like yeah so then I started really going deep and like how many steps can I do how many products can I get and it was just such a nice thing to research and get lost in and then after my second child I my skin just sort of started freaking out um the the pivotal moment was that um vintner's daughter serum I had ordered that $35 sample because I'm like I can't commit I'm gonna try the oil the face oil Mm-hmm. And I tried it. I was so excited because everyone said it was magic and I was going to look 12 years old. And I tried it and it like broke me out in red bumps everywhere that didn't go away for a long time. And it triggered this like sensitive skin spiral that I hadn't had before. So I, wow. I went down like a Reddit rabbit hole and multiple things and um, finally was just like, okay, I'm going to simplify. And at that point, I switched to CeraVe cleanser. Um they have the salicylic acid, they have the hydrating, and then they have the foaming face wash. And I use all of them, like it's just oh. depending on how the weather is or like how humid my house feels or, you know, I put them in different locations. But um, so right now I'm doing foaming in the morning and the salicylic acid at night. And then I do... Um, gosh, what do I do? Every third night or so, my skin's pretty tough, like despite that period I went through sensitivity, but I worked in that um, Biologique Recherche P50 that smells like garbage, but works like, (laughs) I don't know, gold. Um, And I really like that. And then the other alternative to that I like is the Paula's Choice Skin Perfecting Toner, Mm -hmm. the BHA one. Um, So I love that. And I'll do those like every third. And then when I remember or if I'm feeling particularly dull before that I'll toss in the um either there's like that goop face scrub um and I've I've liked that I got it as a gift and I like it I you know I haven't used it up and it's been like a year um so I'll do that as like an exfoliation or there's this M15 I think is the brand like the blue mercury formerly blue mercury um fast blast vitamin c mask and it's like two minutes and you put it on and it looks really nice like then your skin just feels really good so i do that one i've had that for i've had gosh i've had that for about six years and i've gone through a couple bottles and then i like um a moisturizer so either the cerave night moisturizer or um the la roche posay double i can't remember if it's called double moisturizer or double repair but that one's great i like that a lot and i 
I sort of um, went nuts on buying moisturizers when COVID started because I was showering like a thousand times a day and mm. like wiping my face with alcohol wipes during the day because I was paranoid. Um, so I got a bunch of different moisturizers and I have like those two. And then I do an under eye, the La Roche-Posay under eye, like um, I think it's got a retinol. And then I am a big Trentinoin, the, the retinol, like the prescription Retin-A. Um, I can use it every day and it doesn't get too bad. And then my wow. dermatologist told me to put it on my neck too. Ooh. So I was like, oh. So I started doing Hot like a tip. glob Hot on tip. my neck, like retin-A. But then if like my kid, I have to do it like late at night because if someone comes and like is like on me, I'm like, don't eat retin-A. Right. You know, so, it, so you have to be kind of careful. Um, uh. So I'll do that like right before bed. Um, and that's the night. It sounds a lot more complex than it is. It does not take long. And then morning, I do the cleanser and then the vitamin C. Um, it's the C15 Boost from Paula's Choice, and I love it. It kind of makes it, like, shiny. Um, and then the Ole Henriksen, I just started using that Banana Bright under eye because I kept reading good reviews about it, and I, I like it. It's been, a, like, a week, and I really like it. And then um, what moisturizer? Vanna Cream Face Moisturizer. Um, which I sent you that TikTok where they were saying it disappeared for Dory, but it's oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't get to see like, it before. <laughs> which like tier of politics each yeah. face product was, and it made me laugh so hard. And I was like, oh, Vanacream is like progressive, far left. Um, Perfect, <laughs> great. I knew it, and uh, so I like that. And the Ulta ND sunblock is just outstanding even though i i probably only see any sunlight maybe for like one month out of the year i still use it daily in case i like walk by a window um and then i i've gotten a little like back into makeup again but but the pandemic was really nice to realize how little we all needed i feel mm, like yeah um and now i'm just having fun with eye stuff because it's like all i show ever is just um eyes so i like to get a little sassy with eye and i've found a very tasteful um mid mid 40s shimmer with um jones road i think i was getting like targeted instagram ads um but jones road beauty it's this just a sec eye cream and you just like dip your finger and it's this i got the golden peach shade and it just gives like the nicest little shimmer um and then glossier has the other like lid stars that i mm -hmm. like because you know what? I, I, I'm i a doctor. I do serious things, but I want you to see a little bit of glitter on my eyelids before I do them. Love it. Because then I can like, you know, I can't smile at people anymore. So I yeah. have to twinkle my eyes at you really hard. Um, <laughs> and I, I get, I love Botox. I've been getting it since I was 27 because I was a plastic surgery resident and like I would let you know, friends just <laughs> inject a little. I worked in Beverly Hills for a long time and um, it was a perk. And so I still love getting Botox and it helps me. I, I really think in with my forehead. So it does decrease headaches, although I haven't like sought out getting it covered by insurance or anything. It like, let's face it, it's really cosmetic, but for me, but um, I, I let my Botox, I couldn't get Botox during the pandemic, but that was good because I had to use my eyes more because I couldn't mm. show my face. So it was sort of good timing. But now I'm like, I got it again. Because like, give me know. that. Yeah, yeah I, I need the stress headaches to be decreased. Um, so I like the eye shimmer. Um, and then brows are a big deal for me. Um, I use the brow. 
what's it called grande brow at night to try to grow them big oh okay and um and then i don't really pluck them at all i sort of like went into the striker eyebrow pathway of you know more is more and then um sometimes i might be a little too aggressive with them but I don't really care. Like someone once said, oh, I recognize you. I always recognize you in your mask because of your eyebrows. I was like, oh, it's probably great. You know what, though? Great. It's probably the Minnesota nice way of saying like your eyebrows are crazy. (laughs) But I like um, and I really like the hourglass products for that and Glossier Boy Brow. And then I really like this brand called it's pronounced Ama on the website. But then I've heard beauty bloggers say it Uoma. And it is, I like their brow pencil and I love Mm. their brow gel. So I use those. And then um, the other new makeup thing that I love is this brand called Merit. And um, they have like a complexion perfection stick. That's basically what we all want. That combination of just a concealer, but you can use it a little more. So I really like that. And they have a lipstick or it's like this lip oil slick that I really like. And then Thrive Mascara. I love Thrive. Like. You've really introduced me to a few new brands. I've never heard of Jones Road. I've yeah, never heard of Merit. Yeah, Merit is, I think it's the, um, it's Catherine Power, who was one of the duo behind oh, Who What yeah. Wear website. And I just, I really, she's like a fashion icon, you know, to me. And so I followed her and then she's like developing makeup. And I was like, perfect. And what, then Jones Road, I want to see nothing. There's nothing they can't do. Yeah. Really. Well, can't those who, what, where people do? They're always I know. doing new things. Doing new things. And then there's like an option. When you purchase this, would you like to donate to baby to baby? Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, yes, please. Uh, it says Jones Road is Bobby Brown. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I was going to say, I think it's Bobby Brown. Um, so, like, like the kid's sister. <laughs> cute. Like um, Skipper to the Barbie of Bobby yes. Brown. Which is um, exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah, you need a skipper. <laughs> yeah, Alex. Before before we wrap up, can you take us through your experience letting your gray hair grow out? Because I know that was like a yes. big a big deal for you, and I think oh. it can be a very big deal for a lot of people. And I would just I'd love to end on hearing about what that was like for you. I know, and I could talk about it for a long time, but I started getting gray hairs at nineteen. My dad was fully gray by forty, so I kind of knew where where that was going, and I started just aggressively dyeing it right away, whether it be with henna or you know whatever I could get my hands on, and then um, it just becomes this spiral because you hide how much you actually have, and then it keeps catching you by surprise and layer of layer of this Mm. hair dye just made my hair very, very dark and black. And so it was so stark when the silver came in, it would look like my hair was thinning because the part would be so white and I kept shifting my part and, you know, trying to hide it. And eventually it was like, oh my gosh, this is so much work. And I was always thinking about it, always worrying about it. Are my roots showing? When should I dye my hair to time for what thing that I have to do, like this meeting or this party or this dinner? And um, someone once described it as root math. You're constantly doing root math and you know, where will I be at this point? When should I dye it? Or like having the product to put on it and conceal them and then worry that you would like touch your head and get the product on your fingers. And people would be like, why are your fingertips brown? (laughs) Um, So it was, it was just a lot of constant emotional or not emotional, even like just a little low grade mental chitter chatter all the time for me. And when I turned 40, it was just like, you know what? I always said I would go gray when I turned 40. 
why the heck not? Because that seemed like old to me when I made that decision. When yeah, I was 19, I was like, like, I'll no. give up when I'm 40. And then I was like 40. I'm like, well, okay, self, the gauntlet's been thrown. And at that point, I was just so sick of it and so tired. And it doesn't matter. My hair is always in a scrub cap. And then another person said, it's good to go silver when your face is still young. Because then it's not this like, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. everything's, you know, quote unquote, old looking. And um, so I was inspired by that. And then the trend of blossoming silver haired youth, I was like, sweet, I can look trendy. So I went and I found a woman who was willing to do the process because it's a big deal to lift all that color. And my colorist in Los Angeles was very nervous to do it, like that all my hair would break off or that I would freak out. And I was like, trust me, I don't care. Um, just so I off. went, like, just make it happen. So I went to this amazing woman. She's lovely. And it took six hours to do the initial lift. This was pre-pandemic, obviously. And then I came back for like a second process um, of highlighting and foils or whatever. And since then, now I can really go at my choosing. And so I'll go because I usually want it to be brighter and lighter, which is new. I'll want it to be more silver. Um, but I probably... I've gotten it done once since the pandemic um, because the salon did an awesome job with spacing and ventilation and masking and temperature checks. And I'm going to go again in a couple months um, just to keep making it blonde. But I did kind of cheat by going platinum to to mask it. I didn't like bravely let a skunk stripe expand. Um, I did for three months because she said that would be good. You know, do let a good chunk grow out for several months, do Olaplex and like get it really healthy. And then I've, I've just loved it. And I think it kind of, um, I think I have to wear a little lipstick maybe to give myself color now, or maybe changed colors I gravitate to are dressed more neutral. Um, but I also like it a little wavier now, like when it was dark and dyed, I wanted it to be like really perfect stick straight or in a bun. And now like, if it looks a little wavy and wild, I, I like it. Um, and I've had a lot of really, really positive feedback for it. Like I had one really young patient who was like, oh my gosh, did you dye your hair? And I was like, <laughs> yes and no. And then I've had other patients, you know, say like, oh, that's so amazing that you like did this good for you. That's so inspiring. I really like it. So I think it is something that people connect with, um, you know, just this whole concept of having your natural hair. Um, and granted, like no one's really seen my hair in the pandemic, but it's only gotten longer and kind of weirder and, and more fun. It looks awesome via video <laughs> really, chat right it really now. It really looks amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I like um, I like the Olaplex. It kept it pretty healthy through the process. I've never tried Olaplex, but I feel like I need to get on that train and ride I mean, I think it hard. It's good for like really, really colored hair. I don't know if it okay. like, you know. This, but, is, but, this is just it. This is not colored. Yeah. Well, Alex... I feel like we could, Dory, could we not sit here all day? I know, I know. I just blabbed your faces off, I feel like. That's what a podcast (laughs) is. A podcast is getting to blab your face off. Um, It's, I, we're so grateful that you took the time to talk to us today. Seriously, it's really, we're so thrilled to have you. Thank you for having me. It's, you know, I always listen and it's, it's really cool to hear what people are up to. And I appreciate you, you know, reaching out to people who've, you know, everybody's life changed this year. And in so many ways, mine didn't change as much as other people's did. But but there are kind of two different worlds of experience in the pandemic. And I, I like hearing from everybody in it. 
Well, if people want to hear more from you, are you a followable person on the internet? And if so, where can we find you? Um, I'm on Twitter, trying not to cause too much trouble. Um, <laughs> so far, so good, sort of. Um, I'm looking at my name. I it's Alex Anderson MD on Twitter. Um, and I tweet about it. The, the funny thing is, whenever I tweet about the stuff I'm really passionate about, no one likes it. <laughs> but then the things that resonate with people are just me being like, like something really silly. Um, but yeah, I'm just always trying to dodge like trolls there. Um, but yeah, that and um, Instagram. I'm it's the same on Instagram. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alex. This was are the awesome. best. Thank you for soothing so many people and Aww. filling our commutes or chill time at home. And thank you. Did you ever want to be a doctor? Never in my life. Me neither. Never in my entire life. Yeah, me neither. I did claim to want to be a marine biologist at one point, but like I didn't know that that meant science. I just thought it meant like petting dolphins. I never, I never had an interest in being a doctor. It's just like, it's just so interesting to, like, Alex seems like she was born to be a doctor. Well, it's also the the amount of high-stress situations when you are a medical professional, whether it's a doctor or a nurse or something else. I couldn't live at that level like for a day, much less numerous days a week I know, for years. I, know. I mean, it's really impressive. And I think just the composure you have to maintain, especially in really harrowing situations or really hopeful situations. I mean, it just feels like a roller coaster. I would be crying in a bathroom a lot, I think. Yeah. I would not be able to handle it. No. Let alone all the like organic chemistry I would have had to take oh in college. God, can you imagine? <laughs> Literally no. No. <laughs> but I'm so glad there are people out there who can because Me too. Thank God. We need you. So Dory, you you did mention that you were going to talk a little bit more about Tickling the old ivories. Tickle, the tickle. Zone. Um, yeah. So, you know, I asked my teacher, I was like, well, what should I practice? And also, how often should I practice? Mm, okay. And she said that it's better to practice every day for like half an hour. Ooh, that's than, a lot. Or, I mean, not like even if you only have like 15 minutes. Okay than to do like one or two long practices. She was like, just getting into the pattern of doing it every day is really important. Oh, that's exactly what people say about writing. And it's true. And it's so annoying. I know. I know. I know. But she's right. Okay. So yesterday, I just I had like a very chaotic day and got to the end of the day. And I was like, Oh, I didn't practice piano. And then today, I got home. I had an appointment in the morning. I got home and I had another, I had like 45 minutes before we had to leave again for something else. I was like, you know what? This is the perfect window for me to practice on piano. And I just sat down at the piano Mm. and I practiced. And you know what? It was very calming. I bet. I bet. It must be really meditative. It was very meditative. Hmm. So... I don't know. Look at you with your self. I, I do like practice. I do like this idea that like if I just have like a, a small chunk of time, I can just like yeah. 
go over and tickle the ivories, as Thank you like you. to say. You're yeah, welcome. I do. Um, and then this week, I'm again, I'm taking my cue from you, but I, I do really need to clean off my desk. It doesn't have, I don't think, quite the level of uh, like moldy food that yours mm-hmm, had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Food products. But it's yeah. just, it's very cluttered. Mm-hmm. There's just like a lot of papers and things everywhere. And just for my like, clarity of mind i feel like i need to have it cleaned off all right well kate how Mm. did carving time go terribly husband oh okay terribly all right we are both um we are both in like kind of an insane work moment where he is juggling many things and i am juggling many things and so like last week after dinner, I did all the kid bedtime stuff so he could go out and work at, all night. And then this week, he's doing all the kid bedtime stuff so I can be out working. And like, I do really appreciate that we, that there's like a lot of teamwork involved in our relationship. But that's great. We have not had like a night just to like cuddle up and chill out. Hmm. So maybe tomorrow. But I, but we, but we've like talked about it. We're both like, we're both just like, tired to the bone and really stressed and so you know it's 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 a moment and we're communicating about it so and it will pass it will this week i am ready to begin um removing clothes from my closet to pass on to new owners it's time okay and you know what some of the things i'm going to be getting rid of are like some of the sweatsuits i have purchased to wear during the pandemic i feel like i'm mentally in a place where i'm like i'm i need to i need to move out of my, my pandemic some of my pandemic clothes and like make the mental headspace for the like for the hope and the possibility that something is going to come next so anyway i gotta get rid of the clothes the end okay i mean i'm on board with this you know you know i do know i do know it's just all right well look dory it's been a pleasure always take a big sip out of my water before we say that forever 35 is hosted and produced by you my friend dory shafrier and me my own friend kate spencer and produced and edited by our other friend sammy junio and our friend sam reed is our project manager and our network partner and friend is ACAST. So we're amongst so many friends. Honestly, I feel immense gratitude for it. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.